Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And I'm Stefan Yerid, and I'm CEO of Telia Carrier. Stefan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Phil. It's good to be here. Good to talk to you again. And uh, I suppose for, for those of us who are wondering now, why are we having the CEO of Telia Carrier on the podcast? Well, he's been in the news recently on June 1st, Telia Carrier, its wholesale division. Is it, it Polham Infra? Is that the is that the right way to say it? That's the correct way of saying it. Okay. So that gives the company now the Telia Carrier. So now you have you're your, your own company, you're independent, you are with a different ownership, but 530 employees, is it in US, it's about 1.15 billion in enterprise value? Pretty much somewhere around there. I'm not doing the conversions exactly correct, but uh, but you're pretty close <laughs> to it in a way. That's, that's a, that's a back of the envelope math. That's as close as I can get without, uh, <laughs> without taking off my shoes and use the fingers and the toes to do the counting. But anyway, the first question I, for you, Stefan, is what does this change about Telia Carrier? How, how does this impact the company from the broadest sense? Well, I would say it both changes a lot and it changes nothing, if I put it that way, right? So uh, in the context, of course, we've been we've been a part of a, of a very large group structure before with, uh, with Telia Company that has focus on, on predominantly the Nordic Baltic markets and, and also on the more on the retail business to consumer business to business on the on the more regional market in the Nordic. Uh, and I think we've been a little bit of an an old bird maybe in the in the family within Telia Company. Now, of course, we're getting an owner that is going to have a singular focus on on what we're doing uh, and our business. And that, of course, is is giving us a great opportunity to actually look at our business within a, in a slightly different context than what we've done before and how we can actually service clients even better than what we've done before and also look at how we can potentially um, expand and grow the business in a different manner than what we've done uh, under a different ownership structure. So I think those are the, you know, now, from a business point of view, the big uh, the big changes, of course, it does bring it with it a lot of other changes for for me and for the management team. I would say in, in that sense as well, because we actually really become a, a standalone organization with everything that that entails. Because we've of course had a series of services from Telia Company previously that are now our own making essentially, and and uh, setting our own policies, our own identity of the organization, and all these things uh, going forward. So, so I think it does change. Quite many things, but at the same time, in our day-to-day customer interaction, I hope that the customers actually don't experience that much of a change, but that we're still doing that in very much in the same way as previously. Do you have any thoughts on, um, you know, you, you kind of touched on this a bit, but things you're looking forward to next for um, Telia Carrier, maybe some new things that you can do. You mentioned, you know, you don't want the customers to feel too much of this shift, but, uh, you know, will the customer experience uh, change at all? And, And will you be able to address new demands for them? I think on a on a few different levels, right? I mean, in of course, in the in the short term perspective, we're going through a change of where we're having certain services from from Telia Company in the transitional services agreement, which is kind of natural when you're going through a big change like this. But of course, when we're when we're building up that capability within our own organization to be much more catered towards the client base and in the environment that we're, I sense that we can sort of close the loop, if I put it that way, a little bit more between the different internal departments of the organization and make even customer service even stronger. Uh, than what it has been before. I, I really look forward to that from a pure customer service uh, point of view. 
then of course when when we look at the businesses large and i was in on that a little bit i think that it, it would give us a, a different opportunity to have a conversation with uh, with the board essentially in a different manner that is there to support us and and uh, guide the business in some senses as well actually maybe growing it in a different not necessarily a different direction but at a potentially a different pace than than what we've done previously and so I'm, I'm, those are the the, the really predominant things that I'm looking forward to uh, from 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 that perspective. To dig into that a little bit, does the fact that you're now really the, the way it would be classified, where you would be now a privately held company, right? Your your no your stock is no longer listed on any exchange. People don't really see into your quarterly financials, but only to the extent that you would reveal that or would would they be able to see through indirectly through your parent company or your your current investment group not really actually i think we, we will be of, of course I, I think you as a as a swedish based company which we are uh, in that sense you can we still have to of course register uh, our numbers in in some senses in 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 that sense on a, on a yearly basis but it's it's not necessarily on such a detailed level as you do as a listed company of course right so but also i think that the mechanics of course is slightly different from being not listed versus being listed uh, in, in the sense of how you actually look at the business and what time frames you're looking at right and and uh, speaking to polem infra being uh, uh, you know backed by the largest pension funds within sweden then i think their profile and, and their way of looking at the the um, acquisition objects that they that they're acquiring is is really from a more eternal ownership kind of perspective so it's not Maybe not the classic private equity, where you're in, in many cases looking at it at a little bit of a shorter time span, five, seven years, depending on which one. While, while this has a different profile and really looking at growing the business over a very extensive time period. Yeah, you saw what I was getting at there, which was, you know, does this free you up to invest a little more aggressively in global expansion and in, and in markets that you, you need help in as opposed to you always have to kind of as a publicly listed company, you have to kind of temper that investment with revenue you don't want to outrun your 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 near term profit margin even even if you have a long term vision for the company that sort of thing some of these conversations is of course conversations that we're going to have as well right with the, with the new owners of, of really understanding exactly what uh, what profiling they're looking at but but just the, the the mentality of that kind of a structure when you're looking at it uh, over a much longer term and uh, and a longer time perspective is of course very different than from what we're coming from so the organization at large is looking at it from from that perspective of course of saying that this could give us a different set of opportunities than what we've had previously. Can you give us any insight now into any network expansion plans in the US and Europe? Can you give us a teaser of <laughs> what we might be able to expect to come in the near future? We have been in our own a little bit of an uh, expansion in, in, in the US, of course, right? And in terms of both addressing a little bit new markets that were not present in, uh, but also to sort of uh, increase the resilience in the in the overall network in the States. And I think we're also looking very much of sort of spreading our IP domain into a little bit of a deeper footprint in, in that sense and being present in more data centers that we're not currently present in, also to a little bit address different segments than what we classically have been addressing in terms of you know the really large scale providers or or other operators but really to be able to service more in the enterprise domain and and with 
still in a niche, I would say, but the ones where internet is really important for the way that they're conducting their business. And so I think that that's, that's another area of, you know, expansions for us just being more in a, let's say, a near net kind of uh, focus of, of where we are currently then. So you will, you will see those kind of things in the short term perspective, at least. <laughs> so that's good. Is the um, competition, you know, as an independent company, does your competitive set change as an independent company then, or is it any different than it was as you were, when you were part of Telia? Well, that's a very good question. I don't think I even really given that a great deal of thought, to be honest. I always felt that this is a fairly competitive business to start with. So sure. I, I don't necessarily see it in that manner. I, I think on the other hand, we may need to be a little bit more focused as an organization and, and, you know, saying that these are the things that we really do and we do them very well. And then we deselect a few different things that we're not, not saying that that's a dramatic change, but that's more from an internal perspective, I think, in terms of how we, how we address things within the organization. And, and that, should inevitably make us a little bit more even more competitive than what we than what we have been in that sense right so but but i think it is a very competitive market to start with so i think we're we're there already yeah definitely is there a um well i mean i'll give you like colt is 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 one example and cogent is another example in the in the u.s i would consider both of those carriers wholesale carriers that would compete with uh with telia carrier um, but in completely different ways. Colt seems to be just going farther and farther close uh, down the stack, I guess, or closer to the user with more and more enterprise services. And uh, Cogent has pretty much been the same for 20 years. <laughs> They're just cheap bandwidth as much as you can, you know, buy uh, and as much as they can can muster and put down a fiber. You know, even though that's in the same broader kind of carrier set, that's those are two completely different strategies and you're sort of, you know, do you find yourself, does telecarrier strategy sort of align more with one than the other? Or how do you kind of position yourself between those two extremes in the wholesale market? First of all, I think in in, in so many ways, right, I think many, many of the clients today are having multiple service providers in right. one way or okay. another right so so i think that that's that sort of gives a little bit of room for well in some time sometimes kind of uh, dissimilar uh, organizations or profiles in 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 that sense i think for us uh, i mean we've been we've been very focused on sort of revamping and really working with the with the customer experience and transparency to the or to to the clients that we're working with so i think that that in some sense actually genuinely sets us apart i mean i think everyone talks about customer experience and customer services but i think it actually does really genuinely set us apart and also with the fact that we're trying to work that through and sort of empower people in the different stages of the interactions that we're doing with the client right so because i mean we have multiple different touch points throughout an organization that's one thing and i I, and i do feel that we're 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 gaining a lot of at least positive feedbacks on the on the quality perspective so i think in the mix where many actually do have one more than one provider we may May very well and very frequently be seen as the more quality provider from that perspective, but still in a very much of a large bandwidth kind of a context. And that's perfectly fine for me. I think we're on the other hand also seeing that more and more of the customers out there and, and segments are actually moving into being a, a higher need for uh, you know, data center to data center connectivity or internet connectivity in general as well, right? So I think from that perspective, we might be sliding a little bit more in the direction of some of those companies that you that, but with a different profile, I would say in that uh, in that sense. 
believe you all recently had um, a trial with Sienna, a, a transatlantic 400 gig trial. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, um, you know, kind of how that went and, and what's next? I think we have a heritage a little bit of trying to try to do some some new things, <laughs> you know, being a little bit in the forefront of technology, but not just from, you know, from a lab perspective, but actually doing it in more of a production environment. And I think doing a 400 gig in that manner, transatlantic interconnecting between multiple different providers in, in this context and doing it over a very long distance, I think it's also proving a very strong use case of capabilities of the next growth pattern that I think many are going to see uh, as well going forward. Right. So, uh, and I think we we work very well with uh, with Aquacoms in this case, for instance, right, and then Sienna uh, as well, and, and and sort of really testing out a few things. And for us, I think it's always important to see that you can actually have it as a practical use case, and not just a something that is fine and neat to have right. done, but actually something <laughs> that you can see that someone would actually make a commercial use of in, in in that sense as well, right? So the speed records are all great when testing out technology, but it, these days we actually are getting to those speeds more quickly than we would have imagined. It seems like I don't know how the growth has been in terms of your international business and it specific to the volume of data. I mean, I imagine it won't be long before you you'll be making pretty efficient use of all that uh, <laughs> all of that bandwidth. Exactly right, and I think we're. I mean, we're doing a fairly extensive shift from you know from hundred gig to four hundred gig throughout the IP domain to make sure that we at least have capabilities and platforms out there that can take that next step and then even be expandable to to the next level beyond four hundred gig when you actually get there as well, right? Because there is of course inevitably going to come that step as well later on. But I think it's important to make sure that you actually have practical commercial use for it as well, right? And it's not just a a show uh, exercise. But actually something where you can see that someone would actually require and need this within a short time span as well. Stefan Goyerid, thanks so much for spending the time with us here on the Light Reading Podcast. And uh, congratulations on the new company that's not really a new company, but the new direction that you're taking everything. Thank you very much, Phil. And thank you, Kelsey.